Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the world. Hey, if you haven't already, definitely check out The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. It's the new book that we had come out earlier this year. It's going to give you exactly what you need to know about building and growing your speaking business. Whether you want to book a couple of gigs or a whole bunch of gigs, whether you're brand new or you've been at it for a long time, you definitely need to pick up your copy of The Successful Speaker. You can go to Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you buy your books, go check it out. Again, the book is called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. All right, today we're going to get into a, a really a, a good conversation with uh, Nicole Walters. Nicole is a phenomenal speaker. We've spoken at some events together. We've done a couple panels together, and she's a, a, a not only a great speaker, but an amazing human, a great friend, and uh, really, really enjoyed this conversation. This was a, a heavy topic where we talked about uh, race and racism in the speaking industry. And so I asked her uh, some tough questions and, and trying to navigate that. Uh, and so we have a, me as a white male and her as a black female just discussing the what exists in the marketplace, how how she goes about things, how she thinks about things differently, uh, how she th- sees things that I, you know, again, as a white a male speaker, am, am completely naive to, and I, I don't, uh, I, I don't fully understand. And so we dig into that and, and what that's like. She also gives some great advice for um, uh, for minority speakers and how to navigate that uh, in the speaking industry and what the speaking community at large can do to help support minority speakers. So uh, really enjoyed this conversation for a heavy topic. Nicole does a good job at, at, at keeping it lighthearted. She if you know anything about Nicole, she's uh, incredibly, incredibly likable and entertaining and uh, a lot of fun. So uh, although it is, again, a heavy topic, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Miss Nicole Walters. Enjoy. Oh, my goodness. What's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here today, joined by my dear friend, Miss Nicole Walters. And uh, as, as, as much as we're kind of smiling and giving, we're actually we're going to talk about a kind of a, a heavy topic today, uh, a serious topic. But uh, nonetheless, Nicole, it always brings me so much joy to see you. Uh, you uh, are a fan favorite here in the Baldwin home uh, by both my wife and myself. I know that you like my wife way better than me. Most Significantly. Do, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but for people who, uh, before we get into what we're going to be discussing, mm-hmm. uh, for people who aren't familiar with you, give us a quick sn- nutshell of what all you do. You do uh, speaking. You've got uh, a couple different uh, coaching and, and course programs. Yep. Uh, you have a new TV show, which I you do. just announced. So I know yes. we can talk about that now uh, coming out on uh, USA network. When will that be out? Uh, well, we don't have an official air date, but okay. let's just say sooner than later. <laughs> so that's is that, is that all you can tell us? That is all I can say right now. Yes. Okay. All right. I want the full scoop later, but totally, uh, we, don't, totally. we, don't have, we won't have to get into that now. Totally. Uh, all right. So what's the what's the, the nutshell of, of Nicole Walters Enterprises? What, what all do you have your hands in? 
Sure. So uh, my name is Nicole Walters. For anyone who's new around there and hasn't met me before, I am a business consultant. So I help you. I worked for corporate America for 10 years, helping build businesses, scale them from 2 million to 200 million. And now I do it for the everyday entrepreneur. So I do that through my business education firm, Inherit Learning Company. And we have digital online products. We have in-person experiences. And uh, we also do small group coaching and then one-to-one coaching for our high net worth clients. So I have a consultant consulting firm. That's what I do. That's how I make my money. That's how I pay for these wigs and keep the skin flawless. <laughs> and on the day to day, you know, I'm Nicole Walters and I manage my, um, my family somewhat okay. You know, <laughs> I manage myself much worse, you know, and I just barely keep it together. And all these two things come together um, on my TV show on USA Network. Um, and I'm excited about it because you guys get to see how I balance it all or don't. <laughs> to be determined. To be determined. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking a minute. We've uh, we've known each other for a few years. I remember uh, when we first met, we were at a conference together, um, and we were at a uh, maybe a speaker lunch or something. Yeah. And sat across the table from each other. I was like, "This girl is a spitfire. She is." You didn't say else. anything. For the record, for the record, I left there like that man does not like me. I do not <laughs> know what happened. I was team too much. You just sat there the whole time, like, mm hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm hmm judgy face the whole not time so not at all not at all that's not true that is, that is completely <laughs> inaccurate but uh we have we have fallen in love with you yes, you're amazing you're uh and so you do a lot with speaking we've um mm -hmm. and obviously with everything that, that's happening in the world we mm -hmm. wanted to talk about uh the the you know the issue of, of race and racism especially mm -hmm. in the, the speaking industry i know we've had a couple conversations even recently what a, a week or two ago we talked for about an hour yep. uh about some about this topic yep. and this is something that that is, you know, obviously a, a heavy topic, but it's mm -hmm. something that we wanted to address and, and speak about. So yeah. first of all, why don't you kind of give us your perspective, especially over the past few weeks as sure. things have been unfolding and things have been happening. What's kind of your take on what's been happening in the world? Sure. So um, I think first things first, you know, I, I've been speaking for a long time. So what's great is I do command some of the larger, um, you know, keynote fees, you know, and things of that sort. So I do have a nice range. Like I've seen what it looks like to speak on different levels. And, um, you know, I've also known that race has been a factor in the speaking world for a really long time, particularly because I tend to be one of the only black speakers at any event. And I also tend to be, um, to often go where there may not have been a black speaker before, you know, so that also is, a, is something I've experienced. Uh, so I'm, I'm familiar with sort of what it looks like there. And obviously I've been black my whole life. So, so I also can speak to the civil unrest. And I think yeah. the biggest thing that's happening and that's always really helpful for everyone to know is it's not new, you know, what's happened, you know, this is basically a slow burn that's always kind of been around where um, there, there's been injustice since the beginning of time, you know, and it's been yeah. particularly prevalent in the US for the past 400 years since the onset of slavery. But it's also, uh, I think it's just coming to a point where it's getting a peak because new voices are entering the conversation. Mm -hmm. So this conversation's existed in the black community for a long time, but it's now getting a both a media presence as well as more advocacy and allyship from people who are non-black who are saying, you know what, I have black friends or I've seen this myself or I've you know witnessed or experienced or had moments or I believe what I'm hearing. And mm -hmm. you know, I want to lend my voice to the conversation to say, hey, can we do something about this? And I think that's kind of what we're seeing happen now. So same conversation, uh, new voices that are elevating it. 
Yeah. One thing that was really helpful for me is, you know, as I think, especially like as a, as a white male, mm-hmm. um, I will never understand what it's like to live as, as, as a, as a black or as a, uh, as a minority or as a different right. skin color, um, sure. you know, male or female. Um, but watching the, you know, a, 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 I don't remember if it was a Facebook video or an Instagram video, yeah. or a video that you put out, you know, especially when a lot of this was really unfolding mm-hmm. in the, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and just kind of understanding, you know, I, I guess it'd be naive for me to look at, at someone like yourself and think, well, mm-hmm. Nicole is, um, yes, she's a black female, but she's right. also really um, good. She's, looking. she's very good looking. She's very charismatic. There. there you yeah. go. You're jumping in. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, but very charismatic, very likable, very funny, very humorous. And so surely this doesn't affect her, right? Sure. Which is again, sure. a completely naive thought, sure. but your kind of explanation of just what day-to-day life looks like, mm-hmm. I think, especially like your explanation mm-hmm. of, you know, whenever you're pulled over, um, by a cop, you almost made it sound like you get pulled over regularly. I do. Uh, I, <laughs> I got pulled over this weekend on my way oh, up to my word. So, oh, yeah, my word. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you, but just kind of the, the, that this is this isn't just kind of like a something that you know that may or may not happen in the, the speaking industry. Right. But this is something that you're dealing with uh, every single day, and yeah. your your family is is dealing with. And so, um, so how like since then do you feel like things in their day to day life have been? Has it been any different? Has it improved? Sure, is it sure. more of the same? Is it just sure. people are aware of it, but it's still there? What, yeah. What kind so of- I think that uh, the past couple weeks have been, you know, they kind of it was a crescendo, right? Like they, where it's just things got loud, and honestly, it feels like it's simmering off, which is a little worrisome, I think, for the black community as a whole, because we, you know, we want injustice and activism to be a habit, not so much a trend. You know yeah. what I mean? We want it to be something where people are constantly aware that the person next to them may have a different life and need their help and support. So that's a real thing. But um, when it comes to the video that I think now it's it's been seen by just under 5 million people on Facebook, um, you know, in that video, I was describing that that very thing where being black isn't a um, it's not just about the George Floyds. You know, those are the things that, you know, raise it and make it high profile. But it really is about how it how being black and prejudice impact me on the day to day. Everything from the work that I do, you know, and speaking gigs and opportunities and media and profile and PR and things like that to simple things like I just want to go to the store and whether or not I encounter a good cop or a bad cop because, you know, I'm not lumping everybody into one or, you know, a good person or a bad person. Either way, the anxiety that comes with being Black, there are considerations that I have to take you know, that people aren't even aware of. So um, something as simple as I was sharing with you, I went camping this weekend with my girls, you know, um, we were doing a girls trip and we were like, we're going to a cabin and it'll be fun and, you know, all of that. But we had to consider that, okay, well, we live in Georgia, which is the South, and some people may not share same views or similar concepts. And we're driving outside of Atlanta, which is a heavily diverse area. You know, are we comfortable if our car were to say break down or if I need to stop and charge my Tesla or if I need to to do a potty break. Are we comfortable at a rest stop, not just as women, right? Which I think is yeah. something that a lot of us can all relate to, right? But also as Black women, knowing that we are out on our own. And if something, if we were to run into someone who isn't so great, not only is that a problem, but would we be safe and would other people advocate and believe us when we say, hey, help us, you know, we're, we're facing a racism situation. Can someone speak on our behalf or support us? And right. so these are considerations where if you are white, you may just say to yourself, I'm going camping with my girls, no big deal, right. you know? And 
it's that existence that is an emotional and exhausting toll on being Black in America that I think most people want people to understand is that everything from, I can't even Pinterest a picture of myself eating watermelon without worrying that it'll end up use, being used for a racist ad. You know what I mean? And everybody loves watermelon. Everybody. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's like the fact that I can't even use social media like a, like a, my white counterpart, you know, it's just, right. it really does show up everywhere. And, uh, and it's that sort of thing that, you know, like you said, people think, oh, it's untouched for you or, but it's like, no, it really is a factor, especially in the speaking world. So how has this, uh, every, especially everything that has happened over the past mm -hmm. several uh, weeks, how has this impacted your, your speaking business? Cause I, I'm assuming it's not, it's not the type of thing that, that race and racism is something that didn't, that didn't exist. And now all of a sudden it, it right. does right. exist and it has right. existed. It's kind of behind the curtain, something that no one really mm -hmm. wants to talk about Yeah. now yeah. that it's kind of at more at the forefront on people's radar. How has it affected your speaking business? Has it affected your speaking business? Is there any shifts or, or conversations that you're having that you're seeing, you know, one way or the other? Well, there's a couple of different things. So there's the internal and the external, right? So, um, you know, as somebody who is black and high profile and has a platform and a TV show, I have to be very careful where I align myself and what those conversations look like. And mm -hmm. as a speaker and any speaker, you know, you always want to be careful where you align yourself and where you go for a speaking engagement, things of that sort. So for instance, you know, I'm a Christian, so you may not, well, you may, but you may not see me speaking at Atheist R Us, you know what I mean? Like, right. because there may not be alignment, you know, you just want to think that through, right? right. Um, not that I'm afraid to go where, where I'm not invited, but you know, that sort of thing. But so right now, one of the things that's been a factor for me is whenever I'm either booking new engagements or um, looking at engagements that may have already been on the books, I actually have to look at that company's stance in relation to racial injustice. Now, that's something I've always considered. And most, you know, black speakers do kind of what's the makeup of this team? What's their executive team look like? These are actually things we look at all the time, mm. uh, black people in general, when it comes to spending our dollar and, and places we align ourselves with, but it is something that now how they've spoken up and addressed things that have happened recently are is is a factor, you know, and it's a factor for two reasons. One, because, you know, I want to support and align companies that I know uh, are filled with people who would say, hey, you know, Nicole, something's happened to Nicole. We love Nicole. We want to make sure we help and support her, you yeah. know, and and that's important. But the other side of it is I also want to make sure I'm not aligning myself with companies that believe that booking a black speaker is going to provide a quick, you know, um, absorption of responsibility. Like, I don't want them to feel like, oh, well, we put a black face out there. See, guys, we're not racist. We have a black friend. You know what I mean? Because that's not what that is. You know, you got to do the work also. And so it's a balance because I do want to encourage people to book more black speakers. I just want them to do that and also take other steps to make sure they're really absorbing the lessons, helping the community and also benefiting their own audiences by getting them a diverse and inclusive perspective. So because you, you've worked with a lot of different events, you've worked with a lot of uh, different event planners. And so there is kind of this, this challenge right now of finding the balance of, yeah. you know, uh, being inclusive. And so we want to have a, a phenomenal speaker, uh, like Nicole on our stage who happens to be a black female. Right. And so the balance of, we want to do this, but we don't want it to be misinterpreted for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, or we want to say something, but we don't, right. we don't want to say the wrong, wrong thing, thing. Yep. And, yep. And it, or it can be, you know, misconstrued or taken out of context. Sure. Or I, I know like, you know, especially a couple of weeks ago, there were several mutual friends of ours mm -hmm. who would say something and, and we know them. We know that like yes. they said things with the, like the right heart and the right yes. spirit, yes. but, but maybe came across Backslash. wrong or, and Ooh. just 
big, heavy backlash. Mm-hmm. And so it, it almost feels like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to say anything or I don't want to say the right. wrong thing. Or, right. uh, you know, I want to hire the speaker mm-hmm. for the right reason, but I'm afraid it's right. going to be misinterpreted. Right. So how can, you know, speakers, event planners, you know, entrepreneurs, yeah, just navigate yeah. that balance of wanting to do things, but not wanting sure. that to, to be misinterpreted. Sure. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I can speak for as much as I know. It obviously varies for everyone. And I know that um, in particular within the black community, you know, I, I don't want to say that what I give is what's the answer for everyone because people have different perspectives, right? Based on their own emotional trauma, their own journey, what have you. That said, I personally am a big believer that if the, the worst thing to do is to say nothing at all, you know, and, um, you know, because we're all aware that we're going to make mistakes and things like that. Now, when it comes to granting grace, you know, I'm not going to say that that is deserved, required or necessary. For me, I'm a grace giver. That's like part of my nature. But it isn't something that I expect or require a black community that's been oppressed for 400 plus years to instantly be like, I'm sorry that you just realized racism's real and you didn't say something right and I'm upset about it. Like now I need to like hold you while you're going through this difficult thing for the first time in your life. You know what I mean? Like that's not quite how that works. But, you know, for me, I think one of the best things I recommend is being really honest about that. So one of the things that happened and like you said, we have a lot of mutual friends that just kind of sort of fumbled, you know, getting through this. And I was like, I wish that you guys had reached out to me, you know, like, cause I would have helped, you know what I mean? I would have helped. And I would have said the first thing to do is acknowledge where you are emotionally. Say, you know, this is hard and I I know I am going to say the wrong thing. And what you're witnessing is me making possibly the first mistake of many mistakes as I start learning. So I, this, what you're about to witness is my attempt to make it right. And I am open and receptive to all correction. And I am open and receptive to any feedback. Yeah. Here is my statement. <laughs> if you do that, you're you're starting off with a level of humility that affords people to know more of your heart than uh, just kind of starting out saying, oh, my gosh, racism's a real thing. This is crazy. I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to give money and I'm going to say that I'm reading these three books. And I just discovered these four people, you know, yeah. like just really starting off with humility, saying this is an ongoing process. And then the other thing that I think in the black community that um, is a phrase that's become quite popularized is you know, performative activism, you know, so just making sure that what you're doing isn't just a singular statement, but reflective of trying to change things within the culture of your business. Uh, So if you're saying, oh my gosh, I really, like when I tell you my inbox being filled with people who have never had not nary a single black face on their Instagram timeline, social media, podcast, whatever. I mean, literally like they're, they, it's so completely white on their platform that the idea that they're in my inbox is almost comical. (laughs) I mean, this week, because it's like, you know, like here you are reaching out all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, I get that we all have to start from somewhere, but it needs to be a well-rounded thing. So you can even share your platform or repost other content from black creators, you know, to start, uh, diversifying your own timeline and your suite of business as a step towards starting to bring in new people. So those are some of the things, or like not just having one black speaker, but, you know, hiring two or three, you know, um, 
it, it helps, you know, it's one of those things that uh, those simple steps, I think, just show like an ongoing desire to make real and lasting change rather than a singular use of a hashtag or a black box or an Instagram post or whatever else. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're talking to like a, a potential event planner mm -hmm. about an event that you would be mm -hmm. speaking at, yeah, uh, how do you kind of get the sense of like, this feels like a, you know, a, a genuine event. These are genuine people. I want to be a part of this versus the feeling of like, maybe I am just to them, I, I, I check a box for them. I made sure. a, you know, um, they're looking at me as a token black speaker. Mm -hmm. How are you just trying to get a read on that? Or like you mentioned, some of it is also looking at the event itself or other speakers that they've had in the past. So part like, of it's weird. You're right. Like, uh, you know how you can tell something's off, right? Like that's how racism works where it's like, ah, uh, something's off, you know, like yeah. there's that part of it. Right. But it's also one of those things where it's like real change leaves clues. So one, you know, if this is a company that has always at least made some attempt at having inclusive, um, you know, conversations as well as diversity and also, you know, seeking out the best in their field, particularly if they have different, you know, color skin. Uh, I would see that already. I can Google you, you know. So one of the things that's really evident is, uh, you know, and I think that where a lot of people are getting stuck in or jammed up, you know, existing companies is that like a swift Google and we can see, you know, your commitment to diversity. So when I look at your company and your board of directors, you know, and your business, your company is 95% women, but your board of director, all the boards you sit on, every community that you work with, every donation you've ever done is 100% white male. But every single year we do an annual mission trip to Kenya where we take lots of pictures with babies and then we come back and post those on social. Like if that is the only place I've ever seen diversity, like I am concerned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so it's one of those things where what's great is starting today and starting with this movement, you can start building a portfolio of showing in your true intention, you know, and, and that is key, you know? So if you've had, you know, um, if this is truly who you are, it'd be evident in what you're doing. But if it is something that is new, that's okay too. But you're going to want to kick off by acknowledging that by saying, Hey, we botched this. We yeah. never even, you know, got this right. We have completely, you know, we, we basically built a world that was a, um, an echo chamber, you know, because yeah. I'll go to events and I'll speak and there won't be black people in the audience, you know, and if there are black people in the audience, they will be, I mean, I'll pick big gigs that are like 5,000 or 15,000 people and there won't be, black, you know, black people, it'll be 98% white women. And um, what's always really special, which, you know, to all, you know, the listeners who are, you know, white people who are listening, you'll notice that if there are black women, they will wait in line to the last minute to come behind you to like shake your hand. And I can't tell you how many times I've been at events where uh, one being like FinCon, you know, which is an event that um, we did together. Mm -hmm. where there's kind of a contingent of, you know, black FinConners that come every single year. And I was, uh, you know, one of the few major black, you know, speakers, like uh, main keynotes. And uh, I did the closing keynote and they all stood there and they're like, can we take a picture together? You know, like, and it was such a, it was a moment, you know, because they were like, we, we like all, we all sat front row. We sat together. We, we were so excited. We actually told more of our friends you needed to come because we already knew you. Like yeah. it's, just um and every time i go i mean there'll be a little group of black men they'll they'll holler just a little louder and they're just a little you know it's just a whole thing you know because they're just right. so happy to see you and um and i just think that that's something that uh i don't that energy really means something as a black speaker but i also don't want um event planners and people who are booking speakers to miss out on from a business standpoint the revenue you know black people move trillions of dollars here in the us like yeah. 
our money's good too, right? You know, like, mm. and black women are becoming entrepreneurs at a rate of, um, I think it's nine times the average American. So, wow. you know, that's money missed, you know, but yeah. it's also, um, you know, black people are also cool. We dance on beat. We know how to clap on the twos and the fours, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, just like, like, it's an energy you want at your event. You know what I mean? Like if there's ever a song coming on, we'll get people moving. Like we yep, have a yep. spirit about us. You need <laughs> black people in your crowd. You know I mean? Like I don't know how to bring it. If it's like, if there's even a church moment or a Christian event, you want black people there. Cause we will give you affirmation from the yes, crowd. Yes. We will be like, come on. Like that's us. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you are a speaker and you are saying, you need to ask yourself, you need to be an ally and say, are there black people in the crowd? Cause I have low self-esteem and I need people to count back. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that will help your own event. So I mean, like I'm telling you, I just I just love it. And it makes me it makes me sad that it wasn't, you know, like this before, you know, but I'm encouraged about the future because um I think that we're gonna really see um I'm hoping we'll see a long and lasting shift that really makes for a better experience, not just for attendees, but also for speakers. What would you say to uh minority speakers who may be watching or listening who are are feeling like um I, I, I am a minority. I'm not a, you know, a white male. I'm not, I don't feel like I have some type of advantage that, um, you know, that may unfortunately exist in the marketplace, you know, which is completely wrong. Um, but I, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because of something that I can't do anything about. What would you say to, to that speaker who may just feel discouraged? Yeah, I think that, uh, the number one thing I would say to any black speaker who's listening and, um, you know, just, girl to girl moment, you know, or guy to girl to guy moment, you know, just letting you guys know, um, ask for what you're worth. Ask, 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 ask. If there is a place where you know you should be, go and boldly ask to be there. If there is an amount you should be paid, ask for all of that plus 10% tax. Like, I mean, ask for all of it, every single penny. And if someone says no to you, that's fine. You are the best thing that they've never heard of. And that is the energy that I bring to everything that I do. I am such a good speaker. Literally, my events are awesome. Like, and the idea that people are just now reaching out to me for a keynote, like, I literally am like, Oh, you're gonna pay extra. <laughs> you're gonna pay extra. Like you don't understand. You're pay you're you will pay extra because I am funny, I am good looking, I am smart. You are crazy pants if you weren't booking me before. So <laughs> so that said, yes, I'll do your event, and yes, you will pay extra, and it will be worth every penny. And so, and that is the energy that any black speaker needs to bring to their event because honestly, they've recycled through. There's like kind of like a trove of you know your go-to high-end speaker that they're always going through and it's like look now's our time get in there you know what i mean and and go for it so yeah i have i am i'm really excited about what's to come you know and i'm really excited that my rate's gone up so okay i got i got a couple questions about that yeah um and again i'm completely naive here in this question sure, but sure, sure. i think you understand where I'm, I'm coming from yeah but um Okay, let me let me frame it this way. Let me give you some context. Okay, so let's imagine, for example, um, there was some. Uh, okay, let's take the guy, uh, the 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 pilot who landed the plane on the Hudson. Right? Mm -hmm. There's this thing that happened that all of a sudden is top of the radar for something for, His for name is Sully, the world. Sully. 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 Yes, you that's correct. By name, he's, yeah. he's a hero and a saint. His name is Sully. <laughs> My bad. My bad. He saved all those lives. Miracle a, on the Hudson. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. <laughs> 
So something like that happens. It's top of people's radar. It's, it, it becomes a marketing opportunity for him to lean into. So given this, do you feel like that being a black speaker in the current climate presents more opportunities that that you may have not had does it become a marketing advantage for you and again i don't say that that may be a completely no, naive wrong question saying. no i get but, what you're saying yeah no um so it's twofold right obviously it's a, a opportunity the opportunity looks different though because mm -hmm. what it is is people are landing in my inbox versus me having to go out for them yeah. but uh there's a phrase that's commonly said amongst black women which is keep that same energy right so the energy i had before i just because white people are just discovering me now does not mean i was i wasn't awesome all the time right america was here before christopher columbus landed right so right. it's one of those things where um yes i can appreciate that you know, people are just, you know, getting hip to, you know, black female speakers and getting hip to, you know, the sheer awesomeness and energy that we bring. But Black Girl Magic been here. You know what I mean? So, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you want to pitch yourself more, go ahead and pitch yourself more, but don't ever change your same energy, you know? And long after this dies down or people seem to feel like they've passed the curve or if some people are foolish enough to go back to their old ways, keep that same energy, you know, bring all of that that to your pitches, bring all of that. And I mean, pitching is still a professional thing. State your, you know, your goals and your skills, like get tips from, you know, Grant on how to get yourself out there, use all of that. But there's nothing wrong with sprinkling in there. Look, like I bring a diverse demographic with me. You know, I bring an inclusive audience. Like I, there's a reason why I know this, the stat that black women are becoming entrepreneurs because people claim to not know that. So it's like, I can fill out an entire event. I go to, <laughs> I don't even know if people know this, and you you probably know this, Grant, but there are, if you are crushing the speaking world in one area, right, and you want to expand, learn Spanish. Now you have a whole other market. You know what I mean? Right. So people are like, oh, how do I double my money? Learn another language. Now you've doubled your money. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's not even that complicated. So it's just like that. Like, as a Black woman, there is a whole market of entrepreneurship things that no one even sees in their algorithm, on their timeline, in their business, where there are specific events events that have been created that are massive and bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to the black community because we don't get invited to know about or attend or have speakers, you know, at these other massive events. So I've been blessed to be able to speak in both of those worlds, you know, yeah. in, in, right now I'm saying, Hey, let's cross over. Let's go wherever we can go to get the information and the exposure we can, but it doesn't change the fact that, like you said, we've been awesome. You know what I mean? Like, and just keep that same energy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I got a question about speaking fees before we yeah. get there again, if anybody that's watching live right now, if you have any questions, feel free to drop those in the, in the comments or the chat. We'll try to get to as many questions as we can. But, uh, one of the things that I know we've talked a little bit about is speaking fees, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's say for example, you, uh, you were invited to speak at an event or yep. you quoted a speaking fee or they quoted you with their budget was, and uh, it was less than what you were expecting. Mm -hmm. um, I have, there, there's been plenty of times where I know I've lost gigs, you've lost yeah. gigs, yeah. but um, you know, I have, uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever had to question. Um, I think I may have lost that gig because I'm a white male or they didn't yep. pay me as much as someone else because uh, I'm a white male. Uh, and I know that that uh, in conversation with you, that is something that you ask yourself maybe regularly, maybe I didn't get that gig because I'm a black female yep. or I didn't get, um, uh, they didn't offer me as much money mm -hmm. or they pushed back more than maybe if I had been a white female or a white yep. male or someone else. Yep. So how do you find the balance of, um, I know one of the things we were talking about uh, recently on a, on a call was the balance of 
all of us as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for always. the best possible deal mm-hmm. from any service provider product mm-hmm. um, and not always taking into consideration, you know, the demographic. So um, how are you like, how are you reconciling in your mind that sometimes maybe I don't get the gig because mm-hmm. of my color yep. and that is completely wrong and yep. that should never happen. And that should yep. never be something that you even have to think about. Totally. And then there's other times where you don't get the gig because you weren't a good fit or because right. someone else, they, they picked someone else and it had nothing to do with anything. Right. So how do you kind of balance that, um, reconcile that in, in your mind? Well, I think um, some of it is, again, like history leaves clues, right? Yeah. So you can always see people's commitment. So if I notice that an event that's been going on for five, six, seven years only ever has one Black speaker and they were quoting me and I didn't get it, and then their one Black speaker is another Black woman who tends to have wigs and very clear skin, I know that it was a replacement gig. <laughs> like it was yeah. either going to be me or it was going to be her. You know what I mean? And, and, that, <laughs> and if I know that her rate was cheaper than mine, then it's like, oh, okay, you just went... And the other thing about that, just to say on the race thing that people don't realize, Black people, we, we talk to each other. We have our annual yeah. Black meeting where we all get together <laughs> and we do the electric slide. And like, no, like, I mean, we have meetings, you know, like we talk to each other. And if you are a high rated, you know, um, a Black keynote speaker, oftentimes it's not uncommon where if I saw so-and-so, you know, speaking at a gig for me to slide into their DMs or ask a friend who knows them and say, hey, um, Hey girl, you know, like I, I see that you just did such and such. They're trying to quote me this rate, girl. Is that is that really what they pay? And then yeah. they might say like, "Oh, girl, no, they won't cover your this. They won't do that." Like, mo- I mean, most speakers speak, but but we really, really talk. Do you know what I mean? Because we're trying to get a sense of what's going on out there, right? right. So. Right. One of the things you want to do is quotas properly based on market rate. So I think that's a huge part of it is, you know, yes, I understand that you want to get a certain, you know, rate, but just really honor what we're bringing to the table, you know, in terms of work and effort and experience, particularly because um, if you've ever booked us before, right, or if you've ever um, had seen our work in a familiar industry. So if, for instance, you speak at one MLM conference and you're speaking at another one and you know that they were paid this amount or they've gone through this bureau, you know, definitely don't try to, you know, go in at a bottom rate thinking that, oh, well, they don't get that many gigs. So that's not a good, because what I always say, like, they don't count my pockets for me. You know what I mean? Like you have no idea, (laughs) you know, what my money looks like. So you could end up with a very swift no and no speaker and whoever you book that isn't me is not going to be as good. So it's like, now you put yourself in a bind, you know what I mean? You put yourself in a situation, you know? So it's like, come strong, right? So that's the first part. And then the other part is, you know, it is frustrating. I don't know if I'll ever be in a place where I'll completely say, okay, this wasn't, there wasn't, race wasn't even a factor at all. I yeah. wish I could, but you have to, You that's the nature of being black. I want to be able to, I wish I knew what that felt like, you know what I mean? To yeah. go places and, you know, to stand in line and, you know, at a store and have someone cut me off and then not have them, you know, not have it feel like it was a race thing or to not get a job and think that it's because not because of the way your name sounds or because you're African or, you know, right. you just hope that these things don't happen. But, um, when it comes to the rate and the speaking gig, a good friend of mine told me one time, he's a good friend, but he's, you know, he's weird. But he basically told me at one point, just uh, decide what it's worth to you <laughs> and then go in there and ask for that and yeah. ask for all of it. And I said, add 10% tax. <laughs> so, because we all struggle with our worth sometimes. So I just go ahead and add a little extra, you know, and, and that's what that looks like. And, um, and I felt really good about that response and that technique and that, that, 
you know, tactic. Recently, I had a situation where I found out that I was paid one tenth of what the previous speaker, you know, had gotten that year. And usually in terms of race things, that's the type of thing that makes you wonder because it's such a huge disparity. It's not because I got less, but it's just such a huge disparity. Um, But that said, when I went back and asked, and then I went back and I said, hey, you know, I'd like the difference, you know, like, and it should look like this. And they were like, absolutely not. And I was like, perfect. You know, like, now I know I'll honor my contract. I'll be done with the gig, you know, and, and that'll just be that. <laughs> like, that'll just be that. I move on with my life, you know, and eventually when uh, they bring back VH1 behind the scenes, it'll just be a little segment, you know, where everyone talks about <laughs> it. You know, President Walters, you know, was previously, <laughs> you know, rejected from this visit. And we don't even know. I mean, it was such an embarrassing moment from now defunct company, you know, <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> so, it's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> what uh? What can the the speaking community at large, um, uh, especially whenever it comes to um, you know, uh, white speakers uh, who may not, who may, who will never fully understand what sure. it is like to be a minority speaker, what can can just the speaking community at large do to better support um minority speakers, minor, minority colleagues? I've seen you speak multiple times. We've done some stuff together. Uh, I've seen other um, uh, minority speakers who are phenomenal, phenomenal speakers. Doesn't matter, that, you know, their 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 gender or the race. Just amazing, amazing speakers. And so, how can can speakers of any color really uh, support minority speakers? And, right, yeah. right, right. So I think one of the things, and you do this really, really well, um, but I actually don't even think you do it for race reasons. I think you do it just because you're like, this is a good speaker and they need speakers and you always know a bunch of speakers, right? But um, recommend speakers of color. So like, that's a thing that I don't think people do it automatically, but if you see that they, um, a friend of yours is putting together a gig, a summit or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have no black speakers on there, instantly think of your black friend. Do you know what I mean? And ha- because now you're helping out your black friend and your other friend, because mm-hmm. you're helping them create a history that leaves clues as to who they really are. So it's an easy thing to do. Help them, you know, put, put some diversity and inclusion into their space. That's it. That's a simple one. Um, a big, thing to do, which I think that everyone has to reconcile what's comfortable for them, but Black people really appreciate it, and it gets you a lot of points with us, is, um, and you want points with Black people, we're fun to know, you know, <laughs> you want points, it's always a good thing to stock up on, you know, um, but that said, you know, is to build up points is, uh, if you are booked for a gig, to, to mention that, you know, to say like, hey, you know, which can be scary, because I do recognize you're like, this is my livelihood and I'm getting paid. I don't want to ruffle any feathers, you know? But if you're like, hey, I'm on a gig and I recognize that everybody here is white, you know? Just say like, hey, I just want to, you know, make a point to let you guys know that I, I do like to do events that are very diverse. So I'm hoping you're intending on bringing on more, you know, diverse speakers. And if you need some recommendations, I'd be happy to help. Just saying that sentence is so tremendous because again, you know, you really are being a value add to that company. And furthermore, you're also promoting that this is who you are, you know, and that word gets around also, you know, so, um, so, you know, and it's helpful. And then also, you know, more than one black speaker would be great. You know, a diverse, you know, some females would be great. You know, just mm. make it look good. You know, black good people good. like, we like two to three, two to three, feel safer. <laughs> what I was saying, so. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for the time. I yes. always enjoy chatting with you. Uh, it always puts a smile on my face as I know everybody right. else listening. I know. Can you imagine we could talk about race and laugh? I tell you, it's, it's such a, we're in such a good place now. Thank God, America. It's I, so nice that we can all laugh at black jokes together now. Like, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still have work to do. If anything, if there's a final note for everyone, it's don't let up the scene. Don't take your foot off the 
the gas. Like what's great is we're all in it together. So let's stay in this together. You know, like we can, we can laugh together and be a little closer, but at the end of the day, keep doing the work because there's still progress to be made. Nicole, thank you so much. I uh, have the utmost uh, admiration and respect for you. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can we go? You can go to NicoleWalters.com. You can also uh, watch my show on USA Network in the very near future. We're finishing up recording now or filming now. And um, and that's it. And you can catch me on a stage near you. Apparently, we're a hot commodity right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nicole Walters. Again, I'd encourage you to check out everything and anything that she is ever up to. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, speaker and presenter, entrepreneur, and an even better human being. I've had a, uh, the chance to spend a lot of time with her in person, and she's just uh, she's amazing. She really is amazing. And so definitely uh, follow and support uh, everything that she's up to. Uh, I hope this conversation was helpful. Hope it was enlightening. And uh, if there's anything we can do to serve and support you here at the Speak Lab, please don't hesitate to reach out and, uh, and let us know. Never forget, you're awesome.